This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the supervising sound designer for Evil Dead Rise. Peter Albrechtson. No matter how busy you ever got, you always found time for me. I can't believe I'm never going to speak to you again. All right, everybody. I am being joined here today on the Next Best Picture podcast by Peter Albrechtson. Now, you probably have heard Peter on the show before. He has talked a lot about the sound design for many types of films. But this time around, he is working on Evil Dead Rise, which is a smorgasbord of sound work. Peter, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I am very excited to talk about this movie with you here because I just saw it the other day in the theater. And the sound design in this film is very complex, extremely layered. I imagine for you, it must be a project that is just so giddy and exciting something that i'm sure reawakens almost like a childlike wonder of the films that scared you when you were a kid and now you get to play that trick on other people today (laughs) so (laughs) tell me uh first and foremost like how did you come aboard the project what was uh the beginning like well your description is pretty spot on i mean it's it's really amazing to do this project i got connected to it because the director Lee Cronin uh, is Irish and uh, one of his great friends is wonderful sound designer Steve Fanagan who's a friend of mine as well and Steve recommended me to Lee so then Lee reached out to me and um, yeah we just hit it off immediately Lee is extremely passionate about sound and um, when I I mean, got to read the script. Uh, I, I was attached really early before they started shooting, actually. So um, when I read the script, it's just filled with sound. I mean, the very first thing in the script is a description of sound. And there's so much of that throughout the entire script. So from the very beginning, it was just like, wow, this is going to be... <laughs> Uh, quite a sonic ride and um had had you seen his previous film the hole in the ground yeah and that is very different i mean it's much more subtle and it's a it's a great film it's very atmospheric Mm -hmm. but it's also um, i mean just very different it's a very different kind of movie yeah it's it's definitely a slow burn compared to this one exactly more so uh brutal (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I remember Lee saying that 
he wanted to make the Mad Max Fury Road of the Evil Dead movies. And I that, think that he is... <laughs> <laughs> I think How that's pretty he? spot on. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, watching the hole in the ground wasn't really like that much a preparation in a way for the for like for this movie, but of course, like as a filmmaker, uh, when you see um hole in the ground, it's evident that Lee also in that film uses sound a lot for storytelling purposes i mean the thing about lee is that he uses sound as at an very very integrated part of the of his storytelling so uh, sound is very important to him on all levels sure sure so coming off of you know being brought onto the project i want to then ask you because i i don't, I don't know still to this day how many of our listeners really understand the sound team's uh, individual roles and what everybody's responsible for doing. I, I think a lot of times uh, people don't realize like how collaborative uh, a sound team is on a project uh, and not just the sound department, but also the work you have to do with the editing, uh, the music, and really all other aspects of production and how they all coalesce together. So can you uh, tell us specifically what type of sound work you did for Evil Dead Rise? And then what was it like collaborating uh, with those various departments, like I said, on this particular project? Because, you know, as as we mentioned, this this movie is the sound is so integral to the overall experience that that it just feeds into every other aspect of production. Yeah, on this film, uh, the whole setup was, um, I mean, in a way quite special well not for i mean a lot of the big hollywood movies the sound and the picture editing is happening simultaneously but i'm from europe over here the budgets are smaller and you don't have that kind of luxury usually but on evil dead rise we we worked simultaneously on sound picture editing and music so all of us kind of, yeah, constantly send things back and forth. I mean, when the picture edit it developed, then I did new sounds for scenes that they were cutting, and then they got my stuff, and then they changed how they were editing scenes. And the, I mean, it was a really great way of constantly inspiring each other. So then the setup was that I was in this film for eight months. That's a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long schedule uh, because there was so much to do. This, like, because the sound was an, such an integral part of the film, like Lee and the picture editor, um, Brian Shaw, they really needed me to be there. So I was part of the process all the time. So me and my assistant kind of worked for eight months. And then when we got closer to the, actual picture lock the last couple of months i brought on a bigger team a much bigger team with foley with dialogue editing and all these things and then um pretty early on i also had a dialogue editor dialogue supervisor who took care of dialogue side of, of things there's a lot of special dialogue things in this film because of all the 
weird voices that <laughs> that that's in there. So um, Garrett Farrell, the the dialogue supervisor, also was the dialogue mixer later on. But then, on top of that, like when we got to the actual like picture lock, then we brought in the whole big team, and then we had like I had three sound effects editors. I had ADR supervisor. I had uh, a big Foley team, five people. I mean, there's a there's a lot of people in a process like this, and I'm trying as a as the supervising sound editor and sound designer. I'm trying to kind of like be be in charge of it all and kind of have the overview. But then at the same time, which is also something that Lee is really good at. It's listening to the team. I mean, getting inputs from all the creative um, people on the team, um, which is such an important thing in filmmaking. I mean, I think the greatest filmmakers are the ones that like realize how important the team is and are great listeners. And I don't just mean great listeners by like in the way that they approach sound and sound design, but especially in the way that they approach the team so that they listen to people. And I mean, this openness of like getting ideas and advice and inspiration all the time, I think that's incredibly important. And that's one of the great things about having a big team with a lot of really talented people in there. Like it's it's a great way of getting a lot of inspiring input well is there one specific piece of input on this project that stands out to you uh that ended up becoming a standout moment in the overall uh mix or the foley or anything like that at all that you can recall there were lots of things one thing and a very important and very iconic part of the evil dead world is the sound of these camera moves where like where you get this kind of possessed energy going through the air before like someone is like being possessed and turns into a dead eye. So there's these camera moves that go all the way back to the original Evil Dead movies. And back then they had these sounds, which are really iconic. And I actually got the original evil death sounds when i started working on this film then uh, bruce campbell who's really really into sound he made sure that i got digitized copies of all the original sound effects from the first two movies so we started out kind of using that like that old sound from the from that um, from the the two old uh, evil death movies but we also wanted to kind of make it into our own and we needed it to be very powerful with a modern ear. So we built on that and uh, I had my sound effects editor, or one of my sound effects editors, Charles Maines, who's actually LA based. He um, did these wonderful sounds where he took all kinds of sounds and the treatments of them and then put we put them together with some of those original sounds i know one of the sounds that he's using is his daughter's cat yeah. 
<laughs> and then that's kind of turns into this crazy sound. So it's one of these things where you're thinking like, okay, so how did Charles ever come up with that idea of using the sound of a cat? But it works really well. And uh, I don't think anyone in the audience will think this is a cat, but it sounds awesome. Now, I'm curious to know, because it's been 10 years, uh, actually, really, to yeah, 10 years on the dot, including its uh, world premiere at South by Southwest, that the uh, Fetty Alvarez Evil Dead film came out in 2013. I'm just uh, curious to know, did you guys look at that film also for any inspiration and pull anything from that film into this one? Or were you specifically looking at the original films? We were actually, like, mostly looking at the original films, Mm-hmm. As I just mentioned, I got these old sounds and like Bruce Campbell was like he he came to Ireland for the for the sound editing and later he came to Copenhagen where we did the final mix and he uh, said from the beginning that for him there were like a handful maybe ten sounds from the original films that he thought should make it into the new one and. Um, I remember him just like writing me, mailing me and saying, Peter, I've, I have these sounds that I think we should sit down in your studio and kind of listen to those together. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, that's great. That sounds great, Bruce. And I was thinking in the back of my head, like, okay, so Bruce will come in for 15 minutes and then he'll quickly kind of say, okay, that, 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 just use those somewhere in the film. Uh, and then he came into my studio and then i think he was there for four hours or something like go like telling all these amazing stories about these original sounds and like okay so sam recorded uh, a special wind that is now a part of a scene in the film Uh, there's this fly that they used as which is the very first sound in the very first Evil Dead film. That is now the one of the first sounds and the very last sound you hear in Evil Dead Rise. So it's the exact same fly. So there's these like sounds that like kind of build on the original kind of like foundation of Evil Dead. So that was much more like the the as a sonic reference, but then. On top of that, then Lee had these three movies that that he thought that should be our kind of reference for the sound of the new film, and that was um, The Exorcist because of the way that they use demon vocals in that film, which are very organic. They're not treated in any way. Um, so when Reagan turns into the devil and she, her voice becomes demonic but not in a way where it's manipulated more like it's an actress coming in and kind of making these sounds uh, and it's it's very scary because of that it feels organic and natural and then very unnatural at the same time mm-hmm. uh, so that was one reference uh, another one was panic room by david fincher oh, because that film also takes place in one location and just like in Evil Dead Rise, it's raining all the time. So Lee was like, he really liked, and I love, uh, I love David Fincher and his sound designer, Ren Kleiss. They made this amazing sonic soundscape where you can 
like for every room, it has its own sound in a way. It really, the sound in that film is really something very extraordinary. So that was a reference. And then the last reference was um, Drag Me to Hell. And I mean, Sam Raimi's later horror film, which has this very kind of precise way of creating the horror moments where like it's either very silent or very powerful it's not like it's not kind of noisy all the time it's kind of like either it's really like powerful and intense or it's really really quiet and lee wanted that for evil dead rise um so that in the sense that you don't have just sounds playing all the time. He wanted like this dynamic of like when when there is a sound, the sound should be has a it should have a lot of character. It should really be very precise, mm-hmm. and then you should have the silence afterwards. So that that made the soundscape really dynamic. So we have a lot of moments in the film where it becomes very quiet, and then next moment. There's a lot of sound, and but often in a way where, like, it it's really about making every moment sonically significant. Like everything should have its own character. So that meant that every little thing in the film has its own kind of special sound. So we recorded so many sounds, so many new sounds, to make sure that. Every little thing you see in the film that could have a sound really has a special, unique sound. It was a lot of work, but also a lot of fun. So I've always wondered, is there this forever lasting debate amongst people within a sound room about how far you can push audiences eardrums especially in regards to a horror film because i would have to think that at this point it's probably an exact science as to how loud you can make something before you're just blowing the speakers and it sounds terrible but also at the same time there are moments in this where i genuinely felt oh my god is the glass about to break in here like the room is practically shaking this is terrifying so how do you (laughs) find that sweet spot when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We really tried to make this mix very, very dynamic, and then like have some have some moments that was that were really powerful, really loud, but also have some very quiet moments because otherwise your ear simply gets tired if it's just mm-hmm. loud all the time. But yeah, for sure, there's moments in there that that are really loud, but also actually playing with in a way, playing with the psychology of sound, there's a scream at one point that uh, Ellie makes in the bathroom, which is a really powerful, intense scream. And what I did there was I had this uh, a scream recorded a couple of years ago with with this woman who was just like this 
amazing at screaming. But then <laughs> at the same time, like then when using that, that wasn't enough. It needed more, like it needed to kind of like really hit you in a way where it wasn't just a scream, but it was otherworldly. So I recorded these um, electromagnetic sounds, which is kind of like, almost like recording the sound of like power of voltage. Like there's a lot of places in the film where the power is cut and like there's all these electrical things that reactions to whenever whenever you see these deadites, then there's usually like the light is going out or like stuff like that. So I use these kind of electric recordings like, and then I found the tone of the scream and pitched the, the electric sound so that it fit with that. And then just kept turning it up throughout the scream. So it starts out by being a scream, but then becomes something else. And it's just like, it's ear piercing, but it's not because it's loud or at least not only because it's loud, but also because it's just the sound that where you're thinking, what the hell is this? This is like, this is crazy. What is this? Um, So we do that a lot of times in the film, kind of use sounds that kind of twist them around, distort them, kind of, play around with sound in a way in a very yeah evil way <laughs> right demented absolutely <laughs> um i want to know because a lot of times what i'll see on a fully sound stage is i'll see moments that were captured on camera get recreated right there on the sound stage uh whether it's uh, footsteps uh walking across a field or walking across dirt or Whatever it might be. But here you've got bodies being pierced, bones breaking. You've got, um, I mean, a cheese grater uh, ripping through skin. You can't reference that, uh, obviously, to capture what it would really sound like. So for all of these really, uh, let's call them body mutilating moments, what, what are the reference points that you would go to for something like that? There are some classic tricks from horror movies that, um, that I mean, it's often about using fruits and vegetables. Uh, oh. So we found out that uh, mandarins were really cool for, like, this kind of splatty sound. And then um, celery was really good for, like, cracking bones. And... Uh, when, when at one point there's someone like which bites out an eye, then that's the sound of biting in an apple. The next time I go to the kitchen, I'm going to be doing this like really slowly and listening exactly. very intently. <laughs> and then you put the, you should just put a microphone very close to it and then it sounds horrible. It's just like, <laughs> ooh. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really about fruits and vegetables. Isn't that the answer to everything in life, right? (laughs) It's all about fruits and vegetables. Um, What would you say was the most challenging part of this project? And what was the most creatively exciting moment for this project? And are are they the same? I mean, making this film, creating this kind of like sonic roller coaster where you just like, 
it keeps on evolving throughout the film. There's so much happening all the time. And doing a film where which is so based on sound, that is a lot of hard work. It's also amazing because it means that sound really has a very important role in the film. But it also means that, I mean, sometimes you can get a little, like, <laughs> nervous about, like, okay, so am I able to kind of, are we able to kind of do this? Can we can we make this scene in an elevator where nothing happens apart from an uh, like? And Lisa Sutherland is doing uh, amazing work in uh, with her acting, but I mean, it is really like this scene which is just her kind of looking around in an elevator and reacting to things, and we should make that the most scary thing you can experience. And that's all done with sound. So stuff like that is, that's always a challenge. That's really hard. But it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, of course, for me, because I grew up with the Evil Dead movies. I mean, I, as a teenager, I had this VHS copy of Evil Dead 2, which I watched so much that the tape crumbled. I mean, I'm such a big fan of this franchise that, Kind of like, how do we build on all that? How do we make sure that this feels like an Evil Dead movie, but also has the power and the impact and the energy that we need from like a modern horror film? And uh, that was definitely something that was a challenge and something that we kept on developing until the last day of the mix. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, working on a project like this, for, like you said, for eight long months. But the proof is in the pudding, right? And and the hard work shows on the screen because uh, watching this movie, it, it is so much more enveloping, I think, than any typical movie that one would see from a sound standpoint. It's really, really stellar work all around. Um, and like I said, unnerving at times, too. But in a way where, like you said, you're not trying to exhaust people you're really just trying to get them to a point and then we're going to pull back there are quiet moments in this movie where you guys do pull back and i think it's brilliant uh that you allow for there to be uh those moments because it's all about story right it's about letting the characters have those beats too and you're just trying to strike that balance and i think that this movie does a pretty good job at that overall so kudos to you and your team thank you so much i mean it's also like there's so much in the script that was also like the curse happens because of someone putting on a vinyl record. I mean, it's yeah. like there's so much in the film that is really based around sound. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really about also characters listening. They are listening a lot in all the scenes. And like the thing is that when you see a character listening, then as an audience, then you listen as well. And I mean, you sharpen your ears and you're like, okay, what's going on? Can I hear? What do they hear? Like, oh, oh what is it I hear? What do they hear? And like, oh, and you're very, very focused. And that's one of the gifts of like working with a director and scriptwriter like Lee Cronin, who like he builds up his scenes around people listening and about the characters listening. So that means that it just opens up for being very creative with sound. 
as I'm staring at you and I'm looking at your headphones in your ear, I'm having flashbacks to a particular moment where uh, the the evil dead uh, creature or the possessed person, if you will, is behind somebody and they don't know it as they have their headphones in. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God, uh, it's it's uh, it, it'll definitely get audiences shouting at the screen. That's for sure. I can imagine. And part of that is because of how still and quiet those moments are and how you very gently let that sound creep in to let people know, oh, she's coming. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we do it gently. Sometimes we don't do it very gently. Not at all. I, I, there's so much more I would like to go into with this, but I want to refrain from spoilers. I want to allow audiences the chance to experience this for themselves. But Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to go into your work here. Once again, we've talked about you uh, with you about so many different types of projects over the years. And I'm always just really, really excited to get more of a behind the scenes look into how sound can just elevate a movie. And you have just, um, you know, exemplified time and time again, how you're able to do that. Thanks so much. It's a, uh... It's been an amazing project, and it's uh, I'm yeah really looking forward to like people watching it on the big screen. I mean, instead of it going on HBO, I'm s we're all so happy that this will be a cinematic experience for the fans. Love it, absolutely. All right, man, take care. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the supervising sound designer for Evil Dead Rise, Peter Albrechtson, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Evil Dead Rise is now currently playing in theaters from Warner Brothers Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. Absolutely, you know, no, that was great. That was great. You know, I'm I'm curious. Were you, were you at you were at South by right? Yeah. What was that like? That was, that was it so crazy. It's amazing. Like 1,200 people. In, I heard the like, crowds in, there are insane. Yeah, it was. <laughs> they were like shouting like it was a football match or something. Like, <laughs> no, don't go there. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. And laughing and screaming and. It was just really crazy. I loved it. That's really cool. I I was yeah. go, I was thinking about going, but I'm going to Cannes instead. Uh, so yeah. that yeah, that's I, gonna I be to... amazing though. It's, <sighs> it's I I think I read that it was your first. It's gonna be your first time. Then. Yeah, never been. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to reading all your updates from over there, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, man. You have a good rest of your day. It's wonderful talking. Thank with you. Hey. Bye. Take care. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.